Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Schuler, and welcome to the Fortress of Truth. Thank you so much for joining today. God loves you, and I know He has great things in store for your life. Today we're going to continue looking in the Word of God at mercy and truth. We've been looking in Proverbs chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, where we see that God tells us, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. So we've been looking in the Word of God, studying His mercy. This scripture tells us that we shouldn't let go of mercy and truth. God's Word tells us about His mercy and reveals His truth to us. So we've been looking in the Word of God and seeing what the Word of God says about the mercy of God. We've seen that the wisdom of God is full of mercy. And we've also seen that Christ has been made unto us wisdom. So if we're born again, if we've accepted Jesus and made him the Lord of our life, then we have the wisdom of God right now on the inside of us, in our heart. Christ has been made unto us wisdom. So if we have the wisdom of God in our heart, then our heart is full of mercy, full of God's mercy. And then we saw, since it's already in us, we need to draw it out so that we can live it out in our life, demonstrating the mercy of God to those around us. And we see that that's accomplished through renewing our mind to the Word of God, not being conformed to the pattern of this world, not thinking according to the way the world thinks, but instead thinking in line with the Word of God. Letting the Word of God change the way we think, getting rid of the old way that we were programmed to think, and instead learning to think in line with the Word of God, thinking the thoughts of God, thinking His ways, toward people, toward circumstances, toward ourself. And when we do this, we will walk out the mercy of God and show the mercy of God and the love of God to everyone that we meet. We also saw that this is an intentional choice on our part. We saw in Colossians 3 what I like to call spiritual fashion advice. God tells us that we need to put on some things. What are we to put on? We're to put on, among other things, bowels of mercies. Now, bowels of mercies, that just refers to the insides of us, the heart of us, if you will, the very most inner part of us so that we're moved from the inside with mercy. It talks about 
in multiple places throughout the Gospels that Jesus was moved with compassion. This is the same concept. Being moved with compassion, putting on these bowels of mercies, that means that you see something going on and the mercy of God rises up on the inside of you and compels you to act a certain way, to say a certain thing, to do a certain thing. This is exhibiting the mercy of God, and it's choosing to put on these mercies. Just like you go into your closet and pick out your outfit for the day, and you have to put it on, we have to choose to put on and show out the mercy of God in our day-to-day life. Now, just like your outfit is already in your closet, you don't have to go to the store and get it. You already have it. It's in there, but it doesn't just jump on you automatically. You have to take it off of the hanger and put it on yourself. You have to pull your boots on or tie your shoes. It's all an intentional effort. It's an intentional decision. This is the way it is with the mercy of God. It's already in us. We don't have to try and ascend to the highest heights or descend to the lowest depths and try and be like a spiritual Indiana Jones and find the lost mercy of God. No, the mercy of God isn't lost. It's already in us. It was put in us when we were born again, when we accepted Jesus. But we have to intentionally draw it out and choose to put it on. So that's what we've been looking at with the mercy of God. But I want us to go back to Proverbs 3 for just a moment. And we see it says, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Don't turn loose of the mercy of God. And also, don't turn loose of God's truth. Let's look in Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians 4, in this particular passage, he's talking about growing up spiritually. In other words, developing our spiritual maturity. Growing up from a spiritual baby to a more mature spiritual individual. And he actually gives us a picture of what being a spiritual adult looks like. This should be our goal. This should be our mark that we strive to attain. Becoming a spiritual adult. Growing out of spiritual infancy and growing up in Christ. So he's talking about this, and God gave us tools to grow up. Growing up physically happens automatically. We're born into this world. We go through the infant stage, the toddler stage, the two-year-old, three-year-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old stage. Then we become a teenager, and then we're grown up physically, and we become an adult. 
This happens automatically without much thought on our part. If everything's functioning properly, this is the way it goes. It's just the natural course of life. However, growing up spiritually doesn't happen automatically. It requires us to spend time in the Word of God. As we've already seen from Romans 12, one big way to grow up and mature spiritually is to renew our mind, to unplug our thinking from the way the world thinks, uninstalling the old software, if you will, getting rid of the old way that we were programmed to think, and instead learning to think in line with the Word of God. This is a large part of growing up spiritually, is changing the way that we think, getting rid of our old mindset, the worldly mindset, and instead being transformed into this new reality that we have in Christ. And here in Ephesians 4, among other things, he gives us part of a picture of what being spiritually mature looks like. Ephesians 4, beginning with verse 14. We're jumping right into the middle of a sentence, so it may start out a little funny, but if we were to start at the very beginning of this sentence, we would have to back all the way up to verse 11 and... I know myself, and I know that I would preach on each verse all the way down to verse 14, and we would be here for way too long. So we'll begin at verse 14. He says that we henceforth be no more children. In other words, we shouldn't continue to be spiritual infants, if you will. We need to grow up. That we henceforth be no more children and this is a picture of being a spiritual baby. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. As a spiritual baby, we're liable to just latch on to anything and everything that comes along. And we can hear all sorts of opposing doctrines, and we can be tossed to and fro. Now, being tossed to and fro refers to situations in life. Riding the emotional roller coaster. Oh, I'm up one day, and then, oh, I'm down the next day. Oh, I love God, and I love His people. Oh, man, I feel so far away from God, and I can't stand these people. Tossed to and fro, and then also in being encounter, encountering the pressures of life. Well, I don't know what this is going to hold. I know God supplies all my needs, but what about this bill? Oh, I know God says by his stripes I'm healed, but what about this medical report? That's really bad. And five people have told me that they knew somebody who died of this. That's tossed to and fro, being double-minded. James says in James 1 that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That's a spiritual infant, a spiritual baby. They don't know how to stand on their own yet. 
And so when a baby is learning how to stand up, it takes a good deal of time and effort for them to learn how to stand up properly. And once they finally get up on their own two feet, they're rather unstable. If you're not careful, you can knock them over and then they have to start all over again. This is the way it is spiritually as well. As a spiritual baby, if we haven't grown up in Christ and started renewing our mind to be in line with the Word of God, we'll be unstable. We'll be tossed to and fro, riding the emotional roller coaster and being pressured by all of these different things coming against us in life. And it also says that a spiritual baby is carried about with every wind of doctrine. As I mentioned earlier, different people say different things. And the Bible warns us about false teachers and false prophets, people who are saying things either unintentionally, wrong, and then also other people who are intentionally trying to deceive. And as a spiritual baby, if we haven't learned to renew our mind to the truth of the Word of God, we can be carried about by every wind of doctrine. Oh, I heard this over here. So yes, I'll believe that. Oh, but now I hear this from this other person. And oh dear, well, maybe I should believe that instead. Again, being double-minded and being unstable in all of our ways. This is a spiritual baby. And the Bible says that we need to grow up and not be this way, not be tossed to and fro with all of the pressures of life, riding the emotional roller coaster. And we shouldn't be carried about with every wind of doctrine, just jumping on every bandwagon that comes along and saying, oh yes, I believe this. Oh, but wait, now that's unpopular. No, I'm going to believe this. Or if you do happen upon a nugget of truth, then Jesus said, pressure is going to come. Persecution is going to come. Temptation is going to come. And Satan is going to come immediately and try and steal the word away from us, steal it out of our heart just as soon as we hear it. When this happens, if we're spiritually immature and we're not rooted and grounded in the word of God and haven't been transformed according to the renewing of our mind, then we can be carried about with every wind of doctrine and wind up turning loose of the word of God when instead we should be holding on to it, not being moved by circumstances, not being moved by what other people say. And as we grow up in Christ and we renew our mind and become transformed through the truth of the Word of God, then we can be steadfast and we don't have to be blown about. by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. All of these terrible things happening around us, all the different people saying different things, some even maliciously trying to deceive. When we're growing up spiritually, we don't have to be affected by that. And now verse 15. 
This is a snapshot of what it means to be spiritually mature. One aspect of being spiritually mature is speaking the truth in love. May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. As we grow up, as we're not spiritual babies anymore, but we're growing and developing spiritually and becoming more mature, we will speak the truth in love and grow up into him in all things. The Good News translation, instead of saying speaking the truth in love, it says speaking the truth in a spirit of love. The God's Word translation says, as we lovingly speak the truth. The Message Bible says it this way, God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love. The Amplified Bible says it this way, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly. There's a whole lot of emphasis on the truth. We're supposed to speak the truth in love. One of the marks of spiritual maturity, growing up in Christ, growing out of your spiritual baby stage, is acting in love, which would include the mercy of God, which we have already studied, but also, yes, walking in this love of God, demonstrating the mercy of God, but also not compromising the truth. I heard one minister say it this way, truth without love is mean. But love without truth is meaningless. We need both. As we saw from Proverbs 3, we're not to turn loose of mercy and truth. Especially in the days in which we live, we need a solid rock upon which to stand. Things around us are changing. Society is changing. People's opinions are changing. Lots of things are shifting. And lots of things are coming at us. And we're being bombarded by media and so-called influencers. Also political figures. All trying to tell us what is right and what we should do and how we should conform to their ideology. But no, friends, we need to stand strong on the truth of the Word of God and not turn loose of it. We need to hold fast to the mercy of God and also to the truth of God. We're not to let go of mercy. We're to demonstrate the mercy and love of God to everyone that we meet in word, in thought, and in action. 
We are to demonstrate the love of God and the mercy of God. But we're also not to let go of the truth. We can't afford to just fall in line with the world's way of thinking and acting. That's being conformed. Just taking whatever the world says and running with it and saying, well, this is what is popular, so this is what it must, this is the way things must be. You know, millions of people can't be wrong. Nothing could be further from the truth. Millions of people are wrong every day because millions of people choose to reject the Word of God and to walk away from the truth that is outlined in the Word of God. We're going to see more clearly later on as as things progress that the Word of God is the truth. It is the truth. It is not a truth. It's not my truth as opposed to your truth. It is the truth. And we have to hold fast to the Word of God, to God's truth that He revealed to us in the face of everything that's going on in the world. This alone will allow us to remain steadfast and immovable in the storms of life. The storms of life come to everyone. Everyone encounters trials, everyone encounters problems, but how do you make it through? Jesus gave us an illustration of a wise man and a foolish man. Each man built a house and each man's house experienced the same storm. And one man's house survived and stood fast and held strong in the midst of the storm while the other man's house collapsed immediately. And it was a great collapse. It was a terrible ruin. What was the difference? The wise man built his house upon a rock. He had a solid foundation. Whereas the foolish man built his house upon the sand. No matter what you build, whether it's a house, whether it's a relationship, whether it's your own life, it's only ever as good as the foundation upon which you're building. So what is the rock that the wise man built on? Well, Jesus didn't leave us to speculate and and have conjecture about it. He told us, the one who hears these sayings of mine and does them, he is to be likened unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock and encountered a storm, and the storm could not shake his house because it was built upon a rock. When we hear the Word of God and we apply it to our life and then we act on it, our life will be built upon the solid rock And no matter what comes against us, it may be the worst storm, 
that we've ever encountered. It may be an F5 tornado. It may be a Category 5 hurricane. It may be an 8 or 9 on the Richter scale earthquake. It doesn't matter. As long as our life is built upon the Word of God and we're acting upon the Word of God, applying it to our life, not just being a forgetful hearer, but being a doer of the Word. The Bible says that no matter how great the storm is, it cannot shake the house that is built upon the rock. So we need to remain steadfast on the Word of God. And we need to not let people convince us that the Word of God is obsolete and bigoted and not applicable to us today. Oh, we've gotten beyond the Bible. No, friends, the Bible has the answer to every question that we could ask. And once again, if we've been born again, we have the wisdom of God on the inside of us. All we need to do is draw it out. Every answer to every issue that you will face in life can be found in the Word of God. And even if there isn't a chapter and verse that explicitly answers whatever question you may have specifically for your life, the Bible does tell us how we can get that answer. In James 1 verse 5, it says that if any of us lack wisdom, we can ask of God and he will give it to us liberally. He'll give it to us freely. He won't hold it back. And he won't chastise us. He won't look down on us and with condescending tones and looks saying, oh, well, you don't know that. Pfft, what's the matter with you? Everybody knows that. He won't do that. He won't upbraid us for not knowing. Instead, he gives us wisdom liberally. All we have to do is ask him. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Do you need help? Are you in a strait in life where you don't know what to do and you feel like you're inadequate? Go to God. He will help you. He'll give you mercy and he'll give you grace to overcome every obstacle you're facing. Are you facing a situation where you don't know what to do? Ask God. He will give you the wisdom to handle that situation in exactly the best way, the way that He has for you. Let us hold fast to the truth of the Word of God. And when we do this, we will experience God's favor, God's goodness, and His victory in every area of our life. No matter what comes against us, we can stand strong on the truth of the Word of God and survive every storm 
and the storm cannot shake us because we are built upon the word of God. We hear the word, we apply it to our life, and we act on it by the grace of God. Praise the Lord. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so that you never miss an episode of The Fortress of Truth. And I encourage you to share this with your friends and your family. Let other people know about it. And I hope you join us again next time as we continue seeing what the Lord has for us in His Word. God bless you, and have a blessed, prosperous, victorious day in Jesus' name.